Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, so here we are. Aging and brain function. <clears throat> Hugely important. We're going to go over the differences between lifespan and life expectancy. But Leonard Hayflick, author, wrote the book in 1994, How and Why We Age. Quote, there is no evidence that the maximum human lifespan has changed from what it was about 100,000 years ago. It's still about 115 years. Uh, so, and, and you're looking at a number of different sources that say 115, 120, even more than that. So what's, what's going on? Well, this will all be um, put on the Dr. BVIP. Uh, since the last talk we had on aging and brain function was deleted, uh, we're now going to have you know this put on our Dr. BVIP as well as YouTube and Facebook as long as the sensors will allow us. And those that are supporting the Dr. BVIP, God bless you. Now we're going to have our apprenticeship program this coming Thursday <clears throat> at high noon California time, Pacific um, time. And we're going to be talking about digestion, so don't miss that. Digestion for an hour on how your body metabolizes nutrients, and then Q&As, question and answers. And Extreme Health Academy, um, get on there. Bergman14 is your code. You get on there, and we're also going to be on library, bit shoot, everything, but the Extreme Health Academy answers everything. So... Um, Dr. Benjamin Radford, <clears throat> live science con contributor, and he, even he says lifespans are con constant for nearly 2,000 years. Now, think of this, okay? Life expectancy is different than lifespans. Now, life expectancy for men, like what you're expected to live in 1907 was 45 years. 1957, it rose to 66. 2007, it reached 75. Now, the increase of life expectancy, like what you're expected to live, from 1907 to 2007 was largely due to an increase or a decrease in the infant mortality rate. It was 9% of the kids were dying in 1907 compared to 2.6% in 1957 to 0.68% in 2007. <clears throat> now, people, and, and this is where you've got to get this distinction, Americans were not dying in mass in 1907 at 46 years old. Uh, when you look at the founders of our Constitution, okay, most of those guys lived to over 80 if they survived the war. The, the fact is that the maximum human lifespan, a concept that's confused with life expectancy, has remained more or less the same for a thousand years. It's like if a couple has two children in 1900, one of them dies at childbirth, the other one lives to 90. Um, the life expectancy would be 45, which is completely meaningless. Um, now, even Aristotle, and it's it's interesting. Um, um, it, it, when he talks about, and they've got good records of, from about 300 BC, and Hieronymus uh, died at 104, went to war, stood much toil and many wounds, and lived 104 years. And they have a number of people. Uh, the, the Democrates was 109, Socrates 98, Strabo 88. Uh, Cestibus was 104. So these are very accurate records. 
Janine Calmet, okay, the longest uh, living woman in modern times. Uh, she died in 97. She was born in 1875. Um, <laughs> and it, it's interesting. She smoked cigarettes until she was 115. And she felt that it was rude to have other people light her cigarette. Um, so um, you know, she didn't. And when you look at the average lifespan, the average person over 100, about 20% still smoke. And uh, she loved playing the piano. She loved a glass of port and one cigarette every day. She liked good food, wine, cakes, and chocolate. Um, it, 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 Charlotte Hughes, there's a gal born in 1877, died in 1993, 116 years old. Her secret to life was a healthy lifestyle, a stiff brandy, bacon, and eggs. And then on another occasion, she answered, a good, honest life in adherence to the Ten Commandments. Isn't that interesting? So, so what's causing our society to die early? Here's one, an article out of um, the Journal of Public Health, April 2013. <clears throat> total mortality, quote, total mortality fell substantially in every country except nervous system disease and Alzheimer's rose in six out of seven countries, respectively, especially in the United States, Australia, Canada, England, Wales, Italy, and the Netherlands. Now, these results pose a major public health problem. Remember, this was 2013, that there's epigenetic contributions um, to these changes, that longevity has serious implications indicating early onset of neurologic morbidity pressurizing families and social health care services. So, well, what's the deal? If we're designed to live longer, um, but we're, we're seeing that there's damage. So I recommend there's still, I mean, there, there is censorship on Google Scholar as well. But if you type in medication-induced dementia, you will see thousands of results come up. And it is mind-blowing. Because remember, our system is based on giving toxic chemicals. Now, here's another article published in 2008 talking about mitochondrial dysfunction, mitochondrial-induced um, or medication-induced mitochondrial damage and disease. Now, this is huge because each one of your cells has these little powerhouses. They're called mitochondria. They have their own DNA, by the way. <clears throat> And every medication that you take can damage those mitochondrial. And what kind of things will this lead to? Well, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, Alzheimer's, headaches, migraine strokes, Parkinson's, chronic fatigue, hepatitis C. I mean, medications have now emerged as a major cause of mitochondrial damage. Um, and all classes of psychotropic drugs damage the mitochondria. Cholesterol-lowering drugs, analgesics such as acetaminophen, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So any type of pill that you take can damage your system. Now, this is a totally different healthcare system where people are now looking to ask their doctor for what's right for them. And the doctor is trained horribly. The doctor is trained in the pharmaceutical approach, which is just giving drugs to people. So let's find out. Oh, here's one. In Plato's Laws, uh, now we're talking Plato. 
he said the guardian should rule between age 50 and uh, age 70. And he allowed for much older rulers, and hence such individuals existed in family substantial numbers. So they were saying that, that you should be minimum 50 years old um, to 70 to rule because you were still young, healthy, and wise. So let's look at, um, let's look at the blue zones. Because if we're doing something now, and, and the way the censorship is now, I can't go into a lot of the medications and injectables that are causing it. Let's look at the blue zones. Now, the blue zones, these are groups of areas around the world, okay, that people consistently live healthy over 100. Not dying alone in um, assisted living center, being separated by your family because of covid okay, or drugged to death. Now, what are the nine lessons? Number one, moderate and regular physical activity. So there's a, there's a sweet balance here. Too little, too much, or just the right. You have to have a life purpose. That means you've got to have a reason to get up. Um, stress reduction. There's only three stressors, physical, chemical, and emotional stress. Um, moderate caloric intake, so you're not, not eating to excess. Uh, you're generally eating... Plants, but when I say plant-based diet, plant-based means you're eating a lot of plants. It doesn't mean vegan. Okay, every culture on the planet has had to have some type of animal proteins in there, whether it's through dairy or cheese or insects. Okay, if you're a vegan, that's totally fine, but you're going to be B12 deficient or B vitamin deficient. Make sure you supplement. But when we're looking at the nine purposes, number one, Moderate, regular physical activity. Number two, a purpose in life. Three, stress reduction. Four, moderate caloric intake. Five, a plant-based diet. That's organic plants. Six, moderate alcohol intake, especially wine, so not excessive. Seven, engagement in spirituality or religion. Uh, eight, engagement in family life. And nine, engagement in social life. Now, those nine aspects, imagine if we all followed them, okay? And if you say, well, you know, religion is evil, then spirituality, as long as you have an acknowledgement of a power greater than you. Now, what's interesting, people inhabiting the blue zones share common lifestyle characteristics. Number one, family is put ahead of other concerns, and they do less smoking, although 20% still smoke. That means 80% don't. don't. Um, they get a majority of the food consumed is derived from plants, only because it's easier to metabolize. Um, constant moderate physical activity. So, so every activity, this is why they're carrying water or doing gardening or cleaning or something. They're doing some type of activity every day. And social engagement of people of all ages, okay, and in, integrated in con, uh, communities. Um, it's interesting, beans and nuts are commonly consumed as well. Now, what's interesting is there's a nicotine adenine dinucleotide in NAD. It's a combination in nature found in every single cell in our body. Now, as we increase, increase in age, the levels of NAD plus in our bodies is reduced. And there's a chemical that's inverse, inversely proportional to advancing age. Now, if you have low 
NAD, um, you're talking, it can affect mental acuity, enthusiasm, strength, energy. Um, um, it can it can change positive motivation and passion, um, and it increase metabolism, cognitive health, mitochondrial, and boost energy efficiency, and increases sensitivity to insulin. And so this. It's literally NAG facilitates the transfer of energy from our cells from the fruit, food that we consume. So this NAD is hugely important. Now, now it's interesting because I know in some countries they're starting to outlaw it because you can take this um, as supplementation as well. But let's look at what really causes it. It's a coenzyme found in all living cells. It serves both as a coenzyme um, for fuel reduction and oxidative reactions, carrying electrons from one substrate to an another. And think of this, okay? Cellular concentrations of NAD uh, change during aging and modulation of NAD uh, usage production can prolong both the health and lifespan. Now, there's a couple of therapeutic opportunities for aging and associated disorders, so particularly neurodegenerative diseases. Now, it's interesting how we just talked about neuro and degenerative diseases, how they're at excessive rates in the U.S., Canada, Australia, Norway. Now, there's also um, NFKB and this nuclear um, factor kappa light chain enhancer of activity B cells. Just go NFKB. Now, nearly every fruit and vegetable can, contains um, some type of NFKB inhibitors. Why is this important? Because if you can inhibit this NFKB, okay, this, this protein found in almost all animal cell types, and involves almost in every cellular response to stimuli, such as stress. So if you're eating a boatload of animals and you're under chronic stress, your body's secreting this NFKB. What does that lead to? Cancer, um, heart attacks, diabetes, Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's, um, septic shock, AIDS, all of those things. But what inhibits that? Nearly every fruit and vegetable. It can't be that simple. So, so when we're looking at NFKB, let's also look at that NAD. What kind of things are these people with super longevity consuming that helps that NAD? Dairy, cow's milk. Okay, but I'm not talking about the the cow's milk that are hormone laden. Um, fed antibiotics and kept pregnant so they can keep giving milk for forever. And that's dangerous. When you're talking about um, dairy, I'm talking about normal dairy cows raised on grass with no drugs. Fish, such as um, sardines, um, salmon, fantastically good for you. But now you've got to be careful of the fish. Anchovies, um, mackerel, sardines are good. The predatory fish are dangerous. Um, it's interesting. Beer has been found that this contains a lot of yeast, which is a good source of NAD. <clears throat> Crimea mushrooms, fantastic source. One cup of Crimea has 3.3 milligrams. Um, healthy chicken, yeast, of course, green vegetables. Um, now, it's interesting. 
in the blue zones, um, milk, because like when we talk about dairy, um, the milk that's commonly consumed in the blue zones is goat's milk and sheep's milk. And this is hugely important in like Sardinia. Um, most goat's milk consumed is not liquid, but fermented as yogurt, sour cream, cheese, and that's healthy bacteria. Um, eggs. Um, and it's interesting, too, because typically the average uh, in blue zones is three per week. And they eat at least a half a cup of cooked beans a day. And this is black beans, legumes, um, garbanzo beans, white beans. Um, beans are a meal staple in five of the, of the six blue zones. And most eat two handfuls of nuts a day, almonds, pistachio. Almonds are super high in vitamin E and magnesium. Peanuts, high in folate and B vitamin. Brazil nuts, this is something that I take every day. Selenium, a mineral found um, that protects against prostate cancer. Why do we eat them every day? Super important. Cashews, which are high in magnesium. Walnuts, so it turns out that nuts are really, really good for you. Then, pickled, fermented, dried, all of these ways to preserve in, in traditional sense are fantastically good for you because you have healthy bacteria on them. And then dark green leafy vegetables. Dark green leafies are the greatest, such as spinach, kale, um, beet and turnip tops, chard, collard greens. We use, we use cauliflower um, and broccoli greens. So literally, they, they, you don't buy them in the store, but you have to grow them. Olive oil is the, one of the most used um, oils in the blue zones. Um, people in four to the five blue zones consume meat, but they do sparingly. It's, it's like a celebratory food or a small side dish, kind of the way, the, the way our family grew up. And then, you know, beans, greens, yams, sweet potatoes, fruits, nuts, seeds, um, fantastic. And then small servings a week of fish, anchovies, sardines, cod, I mean, just fantastic. Um, <clears throat> in the blue zones, they'll consume a sourdough or whole grains, such as wheat, barley, rye. Now, breads, um, it, it, such as the sourdough, uh, they have naturally occurring bacteria in there, and it literally is what makes the bread, bread rise. And so it's fantastically good. Now, what do they, what do they consume? Beverages, water, um, and Seven Day Adventist, which is in California, recommends seven glasses of water taken daily. Coffee is super popular with Sardinians, Icarians, Nicoyans. All drink copious amounts of coffee. Research associates coffee drinking with lower rates of dementia and Parkinson's disease. Plus, if you look at Dr. Or Ray Pete, um, they think the coffee, six cups a day, is a vitamin to the thyroid. Tea. People in all the blue zones drink tea, such as Okinawans. Um, they'll drink green tea all day long. Now, benefits for heart disease, several cancers. Um, Icarians drink brews of rosemary and wild sage and dandelions. And red wine. <clears throat> the, the <laughs> People who drink in moderation tend to outlive those who don't drink. And most of the people in the blue zones drink one to three glasses of red wine per day, um, often with a meal or with friends. Uh, the, the longest living males on the planet live in Sardinia 
and they drink seven liters of red wine a month. Now, it's interesting. Almost all foods consumed by the centenarians, the, the people over 100 in the blue zones, grow within 10 miles of their home. So they're eating raw fruits, vegetables. They grind whole grains. Um, it, it's, it's, they use fermentation, which is a way to make nutrients bioavailable. And this is like the, the tofu or the miso or sourdough bread or wine, pickled vegetables. All of these fermentation processes help the gut. And then also they practice attitude of gratitude. And how can you do this? Okay, because this is hugely important. When you're looking at these people, number one thing is they have a reason to get up. They've got that excitement. And you can do the, the nutrition. You could do this, this, these um, exercises um, to, to follow their example, to eat local, live local, okay, and serve your community. But the attitude of gratitude, these are activities that make you happy, that give you joy. Um, now, <clears throat> when we look at the structure, and this is because uh, we've got to maintain a healthy attitude. If you have physical stress in your body, it's going to be hard to maintain the integrity of that system. So we have to change this world. Does, does that make sense? Now, we have to look at brain function. So when we look at, at healthy body, we've got to look at healthy brain. Okay, and, that, and I, I can't stress this enough. Now, your body is constantly communicating to the brain. When I first read that article that we're having major, major brain issues with, um, with America, um, <laughs> the UK, Australia, Norway. I mean, a lot of these industrialized nations with utilize chemicals to alter their physiology, and they call that insanity healthcare. Um, let's look at the brain. Now, the cerebellum, this little brain in the back, are directly connected to the frontal lobe and to the basal ganglia. Now, why is this important? Because here, here's an article out of Neurophysiology Review, um, quote, furthermore, we discuss these pathways provide a useful framework, understanding cerebellar contributions and the, to the manifestation of two prototypical types of basal ganglial disorders, such as Parkinson's disease and dystonia. So wait a second. So the cerebellum, where does the cerebellum get its input? The cerebellum gets its input from all of the sensors in the spine. So if you have abnormal stimulation, then you're going to have abnormal effect from that. And that's huge. Now, um, here's another journal article out of the, the journal Brain. And this has to do with the cerebellar cognitive affective syndrome. And that means that the um, when we look at the variations from the cerebellum, it participates in higher order function. And what that means is any input into that small brain in the back, that cerebellum, you're talking verbal fluency, reasoning, memory, um, spatial cognition. So this is balance, visual um, organization, personality changes, um, inappropriate behavior, language deficits. 
Uh, all of these things have to do with the information going into that cerebellum, changing its influence into the brain. Now, why is that important? Well, because that brain, okay, is literally how your body adapts on the planet. So what we're going to be doing, okay, is changing how that brain functions. And you do that through looking at the input. And again, hugely important. You can, you can live local, eat healthy, be socially responsible, but you've got to make sure that that brain has good input. And this is why we do cross-crawl activity, why we recommend the movement, okay, cross-crawl movements. This is why we recommend walking barefoot in the grass if you can. If you're in an area where it's snow or there's no grass around, you can just sit in a chair and dangle your legs symmetrically. This will get both half your brains to fire off. And why do we talk about attitude of gratitude? Again, when you're looking at the blue zones, it's, it's social interaction, it's family interaction. And a lot of people, particularly nowadays, they don't have that social interaction or family. They've gone through two and a half years of propaganda to keep you separate from your family. So we're going to see a, ma a massive rise in dementia, in Alzheimer's, in deaths, in separation, uh, based on the governmental interventions to prevent you from getting the flu. I, again, it's an insanity. But when you look at the, um, the, the recent insanity or the recent panic, okay, we now know that it was no worse than the flu. So three things that you've got to address. Trauma, trauma toxins, and thought. We used to call them the, the three T's. Now, trauma, you've got to look at the physical trauma. Toxicity, this is the stuff you put in your system. And thought, this has to do with literally how your body is, um, how your brain perceives the environment. Uh, and this is why we talk about exercise is so important. Exercise is not for your arms and legs. Exercise is essential, essential for brain function. And this is why when you're looking at movement, movement is hugely important. Um, like, like here's one. There's a, a potential decline in life expectancy in the United States in the 21st century. And what do they t say? Well, there's um, a decreasing uh, decrease in the mean age and the onset of diabetes. This means diabetes or, or blood sugar issues are, instead of happening in older age groups, they're happening in younger and younger age groups. And the complications such as heart disease, stroke, limb amputation, kidney failure, blindness, all of these things, cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, asthma, cancer, all of these things are coming from this decline. And this was out of the New England Journal of Medicine. They're saying that this, these declines in the health of our population <clears throat> are absolutely sh or should be a wake-up call to that we're not doing something correctly. And when we talk about the five keys, well, well here, what do we know so far? We know, number one, that human life 
expectancy or lifespan has not changed in 2,000 years. So when we hear about these great kings and philosophers <clears throat> living over 100, healthy, when we look back at our founding fathers um, who are vibrant, healthy, strong in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, um, what, are, what were they doing that we're not doing now? So we know that we're not reaching our potential. And when people say, well, you're supposed to die at 70, 75, that's when men die. Really, in our society, that is so different and void from what a human being is designed to live in. Number one, there is an innate inborn intelligence in the body. Number two, the body is self-regulating and self-healing. Number three, your expression of life is based on the sensory input to the brain. Abnormal input, abnormal brain function. Four, your brain is always adapting and growing new nerve cells and new nerve cell connections. It's called neuroplasticity. And by changing how your brain is wired, you change the expression of life. This is why those blue zones have a positive mental attitude. That positive mental attitude is, is the end result of movement every day. That positive mental attitude is the end result of getting foods that you can metabolize. Um, and movement literally changes the structure and function of your brain. And the most important, you're, you are your adaptation to your perception of your environment and proprioceptive influences. What that means is if you view the world as dangerous, um, unsafe, and scary, your body will not live here long. You're going to be a chronic fight-or-flight state, and you've got two aspects. You can either regenerate the tissue, or you can break down. you only got two aspects. <clears throat> now, this is, all this is going to be on our website tonight. This is Dr. John Bergman, your advocate of health and sanity. God bless you, and I love you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.